Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. And Happy New Year, etc., etc. Welcome to episode 25 of the Kaiju Cast, a monthly podcast, sort of, which I'll explain in a minute, that is 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber suited friends uh, and foes. See, I did that again. This is an exciting time for the Kaiju Cast, folks, because not only is this the first episode of the year, not only are we embarking on the third year of the Kaiju Cast, which means coincidentally it's the Kaiju Cast's second birthday. What's up? But uh, also, I've just started. I've decided to start producing two episodes per month. Why? You may ask. Well, to be honest, and I know some of you have noticed this, I've uh, been having problems squeezing all of the content into the one-hour time slot. Plus, I've had to cut interviews and discussions short, which, to be honest, always sucks when I'm always like, okay, that's about enough, you know, and I have to, you have to stop the discussions and the interviews. It's lame. So uh, the, only inter- uh, the only New Year's resolution that I have this year is to double my podcast output, so to speak. So this first episode of every month will be the guest interview, and the second episode will be the Daikaiju discussions. Uh, now, for some reason, if I can't keep it up, I'll drop it back down to one per month. But, uh, you know, this won't affect our discussion schedule. This won't affect uh, the amount of stuff I'm doing. But I think I think it should be able to work because technically speaking, I've had to be I've had to chop things down from what they've been before. And now we should have about an hour every month should be good. Uh, we're going to go ahead and 
find out the next reason that I'm psyched for this episode in a few minutes. But first, we have a couple of songs to play. This one is for Bill, who, don't kill him, he requested something from the Godzilla 98 soundtrack.
that was it. That was your music for this month. Uh, your requests from Bill for uh, David Arnold's something from David Arnold's Godzilla '98 soundtrack, and so I thought it somewhat appropriate to actually choose Gojira, the album version. And uh, after that, I played the Monster Zero March for Jonathan. And that was, of course, originally written by Akira Fukube. And uh, that was uh, pulled off of the Best of album from the uh, Neil Norman, right? Neil Norman, I think it was. Neil Norman and his uh, Cosmic Orchestra. So now we turn our attention to our special guest this month. Thanks to the magic of the internet, we're talking to the Tokyo Stomping team from IDW Publishing, who are producing a brand new comic called Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters. The new series starts off with a creative team of Eric Powell and Tracy Marsh writing the story and Phil Hester penciling. The first issue drops in March, and if you're listening to this, chances are you've already subscribed with your local comic shop or your favorite online comic distributor. Let's find out more about the series, though. We have IDW Chief Creative Officer Chris Ryle and uh, editorial team Bobby Kerno and Carlos Guzman and graphic artist, Godzilla fan, and longtime listener to the Kaiju cast, Chris Mowry. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. Why don't you guys start off by telling us a little bit about your jobs in regards to the Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters comic series? All right. Well, um, as the Chief Creative Officer, I guess I start things off with... uh, like we we originally pursued Toho to get this license probably about almost a year back, and it uh, so that was where my job started on the project was in, you know talking to Chris Mowry and we're both big fans of this stuff. We we started the conversation with Toho just about a year ago, and then uh, from there once the deal side came together, then it was a matter of you know, working with the editors here and putting together the creative team on how we would treat the first book, and then you know what other books we would do going forward. So I'd say, like in that capacity, I'm sort of the overseer and supervisor of, of you know the direction of the books and the creative teams and the people that we talk to and putting these together. And then from there, Bobby and Carlos are both going to um, work on the different series. So Carlos is going to work directly on the Kingdom of Monsters series we're doing. Yeah, that's right. I mean, one, once Chris locked down the creative team on that, I, I was brought in um, as assistant editor uh, to help out mostly with logistics. Also, um, just make sure everything's, you know, um, going according to schedule and working out. And this is Bobby, and I'm kind of going to be uh, keeping an eye on the mini series that we're going to be doing in conjunction with the ongoing, uh, which is pretty exciting. We've got some good talent lined up there, which I'm sure we're going to talk about more later. And then Chris, a super fan, do you? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> My job is mostly probably going to be lettering the books, um, acting as an extra set of eyes for things, just in case anything's a miss or anything like that. But uh, for the most part, just uh, really, really glad to be working on this stuff. Yeah, I mean, Chris Mowry's like the, he's certainly the foremost expert we have in our office. So we'll, we will defer to him on a lot of these things and uh, look to his, you know, knowledge and wisdom about all this stuff as we're putting these books together. Excellent. Well, we've all read the press release and the various blog articles from the New York Comic Con announcement. And uh, Chris, some of your blog postings as well. And a lot of fans are super excited about this new series. So I wanted to say congratulations on getting the license not only to use Godzilla, but also other monsters, which is kind of like a first for these Godzilla comics. Without giving away too much, can you give us a brief synopsis of what Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters is going to be about? Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to say too much without giving anything away, because we do really want to maintain the mystique on this one. But it's basically, if you've been a fan of any of the Toho monsters, like any of the major monsters, 
you are going to be happy with this series as it progresses. It basically starts with the introduction of Godzilla, sort of in modern day society, and then you know it's it takes a different tactic that than we've seen in other stories. In that, like the world cannot stop this thing, um, and from there, you know, other monsters are introduced, and you sort of see it and society dealing with first one monster and then just getting blown all to hell after all these other monsters come in and there's basically just no way to stop them. So it's it's telling this ongoing tale of how humanity survives and definitely changes and tries to get by with, uh, with the influx of all these crazy monsters running around. I know that this is going to be an ongoing series, but is there any kind of plan as for how far out this is going to go? Yeah, it's planned as a thousand issue arc right now. Nice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's, uh, I mean, Eric Powell, when he signed on, him and Tracy Marsh, who's covering it with him, they both said they have enough ideas to go for years. I mean, Eric's a huge Godzilla fan, so it was kind of a nice coup getting him, too. Um, and he, like, he's got ongoing ideas of where this thing could go, and certainly with the number of monsters we can use, we can we can take it in any number of directions that haven't been done before. So it's not, it's there's no ending in place, but it's... Uh, Certainly something we hope could run for a good long time. And so have they signed on for a specific amount of time, the uh, the creative team that's on there right now? No, pretty well open-ended. I mean, they they say they've, they want to just tell the stories as long as they can, so we're happy to have them as long as they want to do it. So I think as long as that... Uh, that combination continues, you know, we'll, we'll keep them around as long as they want to be, be kept, basically. That's awesome that you guys got Eric Powell. Um, and I totally agree. That's totally a coup that he's uh, working with that. So how did Eric get involved? Because I'm a big Goon fan myself. Yeah, it's funny. On a lot of these licenses, you, you think of who you would like to get, and then you get the license, and then you talk to that person, and it just doesn't work out for whatever reason. In this case, it was like the short list of names of people we thought would be really good on this was... You know, he was topping that list, and then you drop him a line and find out that he's actually a huge fan and that he would love to do something like this. It was kind of the thing where I never thought we'd get him because he he doesn't really do licensed stuff. He doesn't do he doesn't really do anything but his own properties, and he admitted that he said, you know, I don't I don't even want to do this kind of thing. But Godzilla is something that I can't refuse. And the fact that there's other monsters also available was just it was just that it was something that was too good and too interesting for him to turn down. How has it been working with Toho so far? Has the approval process been, uh, has it worked out for you guys? Or have they been really strict as far as uh, what you guys have sent back to them? Or is, have, have they sort of let you just roll with it? No, I mean, I think it's the kind of thing where, where when you first get into any of these licenses, you're sort of proving yourself to them. It's like when you first start dating, you, 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 know, you find out their likes and dislikes and stuff. So we're, since it's still early on, we're, we're, developing the relationship with them and they're you know they've been good about letting us know what works and what doesn't work and what they'd like to see going forward so it's been off to a great start and yeah i mean i, I certainly think once they get comfortable with everything we're doing because it is kind of a radical direction we're taking on this series and they've been very encouraging on that so far so i think uh i think it's only going to get better and better as we keep moving forward and just to add to what chris was saying i think as a western publisher the first time a lot of these monsters have been used um i think that adds an extra element of um, concern on their on their behalf, you know, to make sure that the monsters are portrayed correctly and and uh, basically every every detail we have to go over with Godzilla, you have to go over with every other monster. So yeah, man, we certainly feel that pressure of these monsters have never shown up before. We made a big deal about you know we're going to have them for the first time, so we certainly don't want to uh, you know fumble that on the out of the gates. The fan reaction on this thing has been so like it's been so great that the fans are so kind of rabid about it, but it's also that 
makes us need to try that much harder is to make sure we don't let anybody down. I think that's what's good about having Maori here is that, you know, we'll know right away if, uh, if it's working for the fan community too, because he's, he's certainly among them as well as the guy working on the books on this side. And then if it doesn't work, you could just throw them to the wolves. Yeah, yeah, it's entirely his fault because he should have stopped us before we... Uh, <laughs> There's train tracks right outside and go walk down. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Bobby and Carlos, you, at the very beginning of the interview, you mentioned something about the ongoing series and miniseries. As, as well can you tell us a little bit about that yeah hey this is bobby um yeah we're after a couple months after the ongoing starts we're gonna have a mini series uh, the first one's gonna be by john layman of chew fame the writer from chew and alberto ponticelli who's the artist of the unknown soldier uh which if you're a comic fan those are huge books they're both great and it's sort of our second coup getting them involved uh, and basically these miniseries, they're not going to be in the same continuity as the ongoing, but uh, they're just give us a chance to do a spotlight on some of the corners of the world uh, that we're not seeing as much in the, in the ongoing. Give us a chance to see some, some more great Godzilla action. Those will just be supplemental to the, to the existing story? Exactly. They're just basically bonus stories uh, that are telling their own stories. They don't have anything to do with the ongoing, but... Uh, just chances to tell great stories that you couldn't in the in the ongoing. You know, similar to the way that there's multiple Batman books, we wanted to make sure that uh, other big creators that wanted to get involved and do something with Godzilla had a space for that. So, so yeah, first up is Layman, and then the one the one other talent that's working on that series is, uh, which also feels like a huge coup for us, is Jeff Darrow's doing covers, and he turned in his first cover, and I think Bobby counted 110 creatures on the cover. Over 110. It was. I spent a good. Five minutes counting them all. It was ridiculous. I love Jeff Darrow. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, if you like to stuff on, like, hard-boiled, yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly him going back to that. Just crazy amount of detail in there. Yeah, and his uh, big guy and rusty stuff as yeah, well. Exactly. This is the third outing for Godzilla in American comics. So what do you guys think worked and didn't work with, uh, or, or maybe just worked, with the Marvel stuff and with the Dark Horse stuff? I'd say Godzilla wearing a trench coat and a hat walking down the street so nobody knew who he was was probably one of the most successful things ever done with Godzilla. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It, uh, come on, I mean, the Marvel stuff is kind of like when Marvel did Transformers and G.I. Joe. It's, it's definitely a product of its time, and it's the kind of thing that we all remember really fondly. And I think that's, that's what helped us you know, be fans of all of this stuff in addition to the movies. Um, but they certainly treated it like a bit more fun and a bit more light than... Uh, than we are. So I guess it, what worked is that it, it got us hooked on uh, the idea of Godzilla comics and then made us want to you know do them ourselves. And plus, honestly, I cannot get that image of Godzilla in the hat and trench coat out of my head. It's <laughs> <laughs> <is> fantastic. <laughs> All right. So uh, I did ask my uh, listeners for some submissions, see if anybody had any, any good questions for you guys. And then, um, Leonardo Espinosa wrote, and uh, to ask if they were going to be considered prequels to any of the existing films. No, they are entirely their own thing. So the characters you'll see, Toho's been good about letting the uh, the artist and the writer pick sort of which iteration of the characters they want to use, like, visually. But the stories will be completely their own thing, so they won't have any tie to the movies. Next, uh, Jeffrey Allen Arnett asked if the stories will be told from a particular character's perspective. Um, we know that monsters from the Toho Godzilla family will appear, uh, but will there... Oh, so there's a second question here. Will there be any new monsters as well, stuff that you guys are creating? I don't think so anytime soon. I mean, I, I don't really see the need. I think 
I don't know, I would feel kind of presumptuous. Like we've just been handed, you know, a dozen and a half or whatever great existing monsters, and then we're going to come up with our own. I, I think I'd really rather use all the Toa monsters to whatever degree we can before we even thought about something like that. We might have to create some giant robots to go with it, though. Like a crossover with Transformers. Uh, yeah, I don't think that will actually be allowed, so we'll just have to uh, create our own Shogun-like characters or something. It'd be over pretty quick, I think, actually. Numbers <laughs> <laughs> Godzilla would be a good fight for all of 10 seconds. Yeah, I mean, if you see, uh, if you see what, what Godzilla's managed to shrug off in the uh, first couple issues of the Godzilla series, I think giant robots may not pose too much of a threat for him either. I also have another question here from uh, from Jeffrey that's asking if you guys have any plans at all to, poten- to potentially tie this into the eventual motion picture release for 2012. Uh, the, the story certainly won't tie in. I, you know, I don't know at this point if we'll have any involvement with that because they're still really figuring out what they're doing. I, mean, I think it's nice that they named the director now, so it's, it's at least uh, underway, but anything we might do in accordance with that wouldn't be related to the, the Powell stories or the other miniseries we're doing right now. So speaking of them naming the director, since this is this is going up on my next episode and I'm going to talk about it too, like, do you, any of you guys have any feelings about Gareth Edwards being the director of the new film? I don't think it's a bad choice. I wasn't that impressed with Monsters. I thought it was good. Um, I was kind of expecting a little bit more. It was for uh, something as widespread as what the movie is trying to do. It, it just I kind of want to see more characters. In a way, I don't know, it's kind of hard to describe, but I think it's it's pretty incredible that he got from that from that gig, and now he's directing this you know potentially huge movie. Yeah, I mean, I thought the movie was really well done and really it, it was really subtle the way it handled monsters. So to see him go from subtle to I wouldn't imagine Godzilla is going to be quite as subtle. Um, it's it's really impressive, and so the fact that the guy thought more about story and character than he did about just big dumb action sequences, it I think bodes well for this. Because this will certainly have big action, but you know, if he's paying more attention to the characters too, I think then we won't see a repeat of what we saw last time out. <laughs> totally. Okay, so another question from uh, this guy named King Ghidra on the Monster Zero boards. He wants to know if there's any way that IDW would ever consider purchasing the rights of any other tokusatsu notables like Gamera or Ultraman for potential, uh, not for, well, actually for a crossover potentially, but... This is specifically in relation to maybe an Ultraman comic someday down the line or a Gamera comic. I would love to. Um, usually with these things, like, because we do look into all of that. We start having these conversations, and I mean, I don't want to bore anybody with the business side, but they, they're usually more convoluted than that. So if they didn't happen, that it's something that would take some doing. So it's certainly something that we'll, I think, probably continue looking into, but. You know, at this point, I think I think what we're going out with is all we'll be going out with. If that's a fair way to say it, I think that uh, it's probably a fair statement in that in saying like you know Marvel. I think tried it. They wanted to do a Hulk versus Godzilla thing a long time ago, and I, that never materialized. I think there was plans for a Superman versus Godzilla at one point, and that never materialized. Or the Avengers, I think. So, well, I mean, the Avengers did fight them in a way, but. Uh, um, I think right now, I don't think any crossovers would really be that easy to do or really on anyone's radar. Now, is uh, this series going to be um, 
continuity rich where from point A all the way through the end, you're going to have like a, a one story arc or are you going to have once the first creative team is is kind of finished with that, do you think the next group of uh, guys coming in will be able to kind of reboot it themselves? We'll probably bring in Mephisto and have him uh, wipe. <laughs> Sorry, that, can I make superhero jokes on this? I don't <laughs> You can no, definitely I, make the plan is, I mean, Owl, not only does he not plan to go anywhere, um, but I think the direction he's establishing is the direction this book is going to go. So if somebody else were to come in and pick up where he left off, I, you know, I would want to keep that story moving forward and not uh, do any sort of abrupt left turn that leaves everybody hanging on, the, on what he'd already started developing. So, yeah, it should be one big, long, ongoing story. And then that's what the miniseries are for. So if there are other people that want to do finite stories or just handle a few of the different characters or monsters, then you know, they'll be free to do that as well. All right. So next question that I have is from a fellow named Mr. Negativity on the Monster Zero boards as well. And he's wondering how long do you guys have the Godzilla license for? Um, and has there been any talk about legendary pictures creating their own and their creation of their own comic line? Um. Well, I mean, I wouldn't really get into terms because I hate, you know, I hate to talk about business stuff with people when it's we're trying to push the creative side of it. So we don't, yeah, we expect to have Godzilla for years and years. As far as legendary in their movie, that you know, they're still working all that out. It may turn out to be the thing where they end up, you know, going down that road, or we do it. It's all still too new to to really know what uh, direction the movie or any potential publishing might take. And then I guess uh, if I'm going to throw in another one of those uh, questions from same guy, do you guys have to stick with a certain version of Godzilla? Or are you guys creating sort of your own you know, somewhat suit in a sense? I mean, Toho's direction was just that whatever we pick, they want us to stick with. So if, like, if Powell and most of these people want to use the original version, so if we went with, like, the 54 Godzilla then we just need to stick with that going forward. We can't, we can't suddenly have an artist switch up and uh, bring in the, you know, destroy all monsters version or something like that. We've got to just keep it consistent, but, but it was entirely up to us, which version we want to use. All right. Maybe that'll be the way we reboot. If a new creative team comes in he'll go through some major change and he'll change from one version to the next or something kind of like Spider-Man put on the black costume. Gotcha. So, uh, do you guys have anything else that you want to share with the listeners? Anything, any news or any kind of information about this series aside from please go buy it? Yeah. I mean, I, that's honestly, I, what I want is people to buy it and then tell us what they think about it, especially the, the hardcore fans, like the fans listening to this, I think are the fans that we really want to reach and really want to impress. So as much as we've been scanning other message boards, we've also set up a forum on our, on our, uh, IDW publishing message board. So, you know, we'll be monitoring everything and hopefully communicating with everybody. And, and I just, like, I really hope there's good feedback so we can, we can make sure this thing is exactly what people are hoping it will be. And like I say, I also want to say that as the series goes forward, you know, just cause you, like we're starting off with Godzilla in issue one, but from there, the monster list is certainly going to grow quickly. So if, there, if you have a favorite monster you haven't seen, just stick around because they'll definitely be coming at you. The last thing I want to ask from everybody in the room is uh, one by one, just tell me which one of the the Godzilla films is your favorite. All right. I guess, I mean, I got to start with the original because that was the first one I ever saw. And it's sort of the the one that led to everything else that came after it. So there might have been movies that are 
like more and more technically proficient afterwards. But that first one is still like my sweet spot. It's still the thing that I remember the most fondly of, you know, like a rainy Sunday afternoon or something when I was a kid. So that's the one I hope what, uh, hope we live up to in the comics. Hey, Carlos here. Um, I would say my favorite is probably Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, just because I really can never get the scene out of my head where Godzilla and Rodan are just kicking rocks at each other while then laughing at each other's misery and refusing to cooperate with Mothra simply because, like, they'd rather just beat each other up. Which sounds a lot like one of our work days. Oh, yeah. Just kicking rocks at each other and <laughs> laughing at each other. Uh, this is Bobby. Uh, I grew up, you know, one of the first movies I remember ever seeing as a kid was uh, Godzilla 1985. So that's, it's hard to beat that, you know, that visceral impact of just being a little kid and seeing, wow, giant monsters exist and they love to beat the crap out of each other and destroy the world. Um, so that's, that's got a soft spot in my heart. What about yeah. you, Maori? Uh, half 1998. <laughs> yeah, that year. <laughs> uh, it has to be Destroy All Monsters. I mean, at first, I think the first movie I've ever, I ever saw was probably the versus Geigen one. And then all of a sudden, next day on TV, there's Destroy All Monsters. And I was just blown away. It was like, look at all the stuff happening. There's, you know, cool sci fi stuff with the aliens, but a, a crap load of monsters. And, uh, and it's actually, it's, it's pretty fast to watch, too. So, you know, you don't have to sit there and dedicate like you know two and a half hours or so to watching this. You just throw it in. I think it's like seventy something minutes. I don't know. So, but that's that's by far my favorite. Good answers, everybody. Good answers. <laughs> uh, well, again, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to talk with us here today at uh, the Kaiju Cast, and I think I'll have this episode online. I think by the end of this week. But this has been this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Anytime. Well, all right. Hopefully, I'll be continuing the coverage on the Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters series throughout the year with some interviews from uh, some of the artists and writers who are working on those books. So, as I mentioned on Facebook, once Gareth Edwards was named as the director for the new Legendary Pictures Godzilla movie, I felt it was my duty to watch his only and only feature film, Monsters. What follows are my thoughts on the film, and I'm going to try to keep it somewhat spoiler-free, like as much as I can. But there are things about the film that I'm going to have to talk about. Before revving my engines on this um, review, please do keep in mind, I am not any kind of professional movie critic at all. And I, like I expect my listeners would, am looking to monsters for some answers on what we can expect, as Godzilla fans, for the new film. Basically, Monsters is set in a post-alien-infused Mexico. Six years prior, a number of aliens have taken up residency in Central America, and the area has been declared infected by the world's governments. The story follows two Americans trying to make their way through this infected, in air quotes, of course, zone back to America. I'm going to start with the negative stuff and then talk about the positive uh, and then kind of follow that up with a little conclusion for you guys. I'm uh, I'm not usually very critical of movies. In fact, I I can sit through a movie without complaining. I if I if I could do that, I'd say it's a it's not a bad film. I only had a few moments in this film when I actually actively mocked what was on the screen in front of me, something that had very little impact since I was the only person watching it. My biggest complaints about the film are that a it's a character-based drama and that b despite the title, monsters have very little to do with the film. 
I normally don't even watch dramas. This is just a personal preference because I don't spend much time watching a lot of films. So I'd rather just watch something about lasers instead of a movie about like Facebook. Again, that's just an example. Now this may sound like praise, but I found the characters to be very realistic. In general, I'd say that people can be quite uninteresting, and in that sense, I found the two main characters in this film to ring true to real life. I found Andrew, the photojournalist, journalist, blech, to be a uh, kind of a mild scumbag, and Sam, the publisher's daughter, to be completely unengaging. Neither of them wanted to be in their situation, and neither of them wanted to get where they were going. Sam didn't want to go back home to her father and uh, what we can assume is a loveless engagement. And Andrew didn't want to take Sam back home and his, his life isn't very good back home either. During the course of this adventure, they obviously kindle some kind of romantic relationship only to be literally separated by their return to the U.S. So why is this level of reality a problem for me? Because if I don't care about the characters, I don't care about the overall film. Don't you want to have some level of like exhilaration when your cast achieves something? Like As it stands, the real people in Monsters had absolutely no impact on me whatsoever. And at the end of the film, I really couldn't have cared less about whether they went, uh, where they went once they were off the screen. Also, and I'm sure many have heard this gripe before about monsters, but it's a legitimate issue. There are barely any monsters in this film. I'd say that with the exclusion of the footage that's maybe shown on like news reports, like on the televisions, mostly through blurry or night vision shots, the monsters are in the film for less than 10 minutes. Granted, Edwards does give the viewer some very impressive views at the end of the film, and there's a little destruction during their travels, but for the most part, no monsters. This attempt at realism works against the film for me. Now, I've heard complaints about dialogue, direction, etc., but for me, those weren't problems for me in the film. There are a couple of groaners as far as dialogue goes, but overall, I didn't feel it was terrible. While the overall film wasn't very interesting, I found that the journey itself was more engaging than the characters. Even though the step-by-step -step actions in the film were quite predictable, I felt that they were logical steps that would get them towards the end, to, towards their goal. But without giving any spoilers away, I really did like the sequences towards the end of the film that were shot in the U.S. Sorry. <clears throat> Another positive note, the CGI effects in the movie were actually pretty well done. The monsters weren't terrifying by any means, although there were some really, um, there were some kind of tense tentacle scenes. Um, it's apparent that Gareth Edwards does know how to implement effects. Out of 10 stars, I would give Monster 4. I'd like to clarify what I said about the film on Facebook, though. I said pretty good, which after posting, I realized that based on the tone and inflection in my voice, that kind of means different things. So if you can't tell from uh <clears throat> from this review here basically if someone were to ask me hey what'd you think of monsters i go eh, it was pretty good so really for you know unfortunately for monsters in this case pretty good lives just on the other side of not so great in the end i didn't feel like turning it off which is more than i could say for death kappa uh, one more note i have about this movie it it reminds me of when I was in um, college. I, I went to school and I graduated graduated with a degree in video and film production. 
And uh, what it reminds me of is that when I was doing my projects, I didn't want a lot of people to sort of hinge on uh, whether or not my lighting was going to look good or whether my camera was going to look good or whether my sound was going to sound good. I wanted to do all that stuff myself. So the fact that Monsters only had two main actors in it and a lot of extras and I think Gareth Edwards did all the special effects himself or you know in his little crew it it just reminded me of being in school and trying to minimize the amount of people that were involved in the production so not necessarily a bad thing but you know we're going to talk about that in a second ah that was a lot of talking let's um let's take a break I'm going to go get something to drink, and we'll come back with some Godzilla news.
United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. All right. Well, obviously, the biggest news of this episode is that we have uh, a director named for the 2012 Godzilla film. So Gareth Edwards is going to helm this movie. He's going to be the one whose vision it's uh, it's going to be. And that's that could be cool. It could be bad. Who knows? I have my own issues with this decision, mostly because this would literally be Gareth Edwards' second film. Two films. Monsters to Godzilla. It's crazy. Now, seriously, I'm all for rewarding somebody for a job well done, and I will give him kudos for Monsters because that was a small budget, small production, small crew, etc. But what does that mean for the 2012 film? I want to know, can Edwards work with a big-budget film? Can he work with a big-budget crew? Can he work with a big-budget company like Legendary Pictures? And if you're a follower of my Facebook page, I reposted a link from uh, listener Sean Darnell to a blog um, where it had a posting from Ken Holsey that sort of jives with my whole thoughts on the choices uh, on Legendary, well, at least for Gareth Edwards. It also had a really cool picture, and it, it had Legendary Pictures stamp on it, but I don't know, I mean, clearly it's just some sort of pre-production artwork, not uh, you know concept art. I'd also like to note something about the screenplay writer Dave Callahan. I gave him a lot of flack in the last couple of episodes, and that's because he wrote some real stinkers. Let's uh, not let make not uh, get anything wrong here. But let's also break this down a little bit more. I know that screenwriting is not what it used to be and is possibly one of the most frustrating jobs in Hollywood. Um, I have no idea what Callahan's original scripts looked like for Horseman or... The Expendables, or even Doom, but the guy just does not have a good track record with those films. I'll tell you what I would love to hear. I, some kind of news, some kind of interview or something that I would love to be you know, privy to is information from Legendary Pictures as to why they chose Dave Callahan and Gareth Edwards. Why did they pick those two guys? Um, the the producers that are involved as well. I don't I don't have any qualms about them except maybe um, Yoshimitsu Bano. I mean, come on, Smog Monster is it's a cult classic, but it's not an awesome Godzilla film. And he was shopping his you know his sequel to the Hedorah film for IMAX theaters, and you know, good job Bano for doing that and you know taking your vision farther. But I personally just never really saw it happening. Anyway, I'm getting off track. I just want to hear what it is about these guys that that makes Legendary chose them. I mean, why? Maybe we can hear it from them. Maybe we can hear something from Gareth Edwards or something from Dave Callahan that really sell us on why they want to be involved with the production. Now, as a side note for those who think I might be taking this too seriously, as far as I'm concerned, Toho took the forward momentum that the Millennium series was generating towards the serious films towards the anniversary, the 50th anniversary film. And with the help of Rui Kitamura, they turned out one of the most ridiculous Godzilla films ever. And definitely the most ridiculous film in the whole decade. So I do think that 
someone who steps into this should actually want to make a serious film. They should want to do something that leaves a positive mark on the whole Godzilla fandom. You know, there are plenty of movies with comedic bits that enhance the story, but they don't detract from the tone of the film. So what does this mean? I mean, we really don't know what this means, and that's that's sort of where we're at, where we as fans are speculating. How is Edwards going to treat Godzilla? How is he going to be able to handle a giant budget film, a 3D movie for that for that matter? I guess time will tell. By the way, thank you to everyone who sent me the info about Gareth Edwards being named the director. Uh, it's always cool that you guys think my little old podcast. Uh, and when it comes to Godzilla news. But we are going to move on here. SciFiJapan.com has posted a Godzilla the Animated Series retrospective that includes animation character models and photos of toy prototypes. So while the 98 film was a failure, and um, not my favorite, obviously, there were some positive byproducts, mainly the in-jokes in the Japanese series and this animated show. I'll have the link in the show notes for anyone that wants to check out that article. Also, Chris Mowry, talked to him earlier uh, as part of that whole IDW thing. He sent in this information about an upcoming Godzilla slot machine. And according to a press release from IGT, which stands for International Gaming Technology, Earth-shaking action from one of the biggest characters of all time is combined with the entertaining gameplay and amazing 3D graphics on the new Godzilla Multiplay Mega Jackpots game. Interactive-based games, monster battles with Godzilla vs. King Ghidra, MLD graphics, and classic movie clips. This game is beyond big. And I totally want it. wish I could add some echo on there. Kind of a slow news month, huh? I mean, well, I mean, it's not slow. We had that giant, giant announcement, which is pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and move on to the local stuff. There are some cool things going on, as usual, here in our fair township of Portland. This weekend at Bridge City Comics, the first ever release from Geek in the City Comics is happening. Geek in the City podcast host extraordinaire Aaron Duran's passion for comics has finally paid off as La Brujeria. And I hope I'm saying that right, man will be on sale this Saturday, and all of the creative team members will be on hand to sign those fancy, fancy comic books for you at uh, issue one. And uh, I would like to congratulate Aaron on this release, and I will definitely be there with cash in hand, man, to pick up your book. The Glory of La Brujeria. Glorious. If you're in the area, you should definitely come out to Bridge City Comics this Saturday, the 15th, between 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. And, of course, Geek Trivia continues this year. We've already had one for the month of January. It was hosted by Court and Fatboy from the podcast of the same name. This week, they hosted a special 80s Geek Trivia night with some really fantastic questions, and they will continue to do so over the next few months at least, if not longer. The next event will be on the 25th. And again, it's every other Tuesday night, and if you're in the Portland area, you've got to come check it out, especially if you're a geek, because it is super, super fun. Just remember, you got to be over 21, because it is at a bar. But come on down and prove your nerd medal to Vendetta in North Portland for geek trivia. Holy moly. We're only at like 50 minutes into this podcast. This is awesome. And that's pretty much everything I've got, so uh, stay tuned for the second episode of this month. 
where we'll discuss the insanity that is Latitude Zero. If anybody's having trouble tracking down that film, I'm happy to provide web links to where you can buy it. Additionally, um, make sure you get your homework in before the last week because we're going to be watching it sometime during that last week of the month and then recording the Daikaiju discussion for the second episode of the month. And I guess I'm going to start off by uh, finish up by saying if you found this podcast on iTunes or some other podcast directory, please don't hesitate to point your web browser to kaijucast.com where you can download current and previous episodes, check out the suggested reading, show notes, the schedule for Daikaiju discussions, and cast your vote in the polls. As always, I do love hearing from you all, so if you'd like to make a comment, positive or negative, a song request, reply to something I said, point out an error, or simply supply your thoughts for the next month homework assignment, just send an email to controller at kaijucast.com. I'd be happy to hear from you. I'm a little behind on emails right now, um, so I'm sorry about that, but I promise that I'm going to get caught up like very soon, maybe like within the, even the next week or so. Um, by the way, if you want to make a music request, I am happy to play those as long as I have the song. But email is definitely the best place to do that. Um, using the Facebook comments feature doesn't doesn't really work very well for me. Sorry about that. Uh, but speaking of, KaijuCast is on Facebook. And we're on Twitter. Both the links of those can be found on the right-hand side of the website. Let's, uh, let's go out with a bang here. Close out the show. Close out the first episode of the new year. Celebrate the birthday of the KaijuCast with a cover from the Blue Oyster Cult's Godzilla by Fu Manchu. I'll talk to you later this month for episode 26, Jamata.
escapes and meets his greatest foe, the Kong of Steel. A gargantuan duel, unmatched by any battle in history. Thundering 60-foot robot Kong of Steel, creation of the evil Doctor Who, criminal genius who stops at nothing. Kong, once again, dig! for life against a copter squad. A thousand thrills as King Kong battles the serpent of Mondo Island. No, this Kong! Hits himself against a nation's armament. And plunges a beautiful girl into a world of terror. King Kong in a duel to the death. <laughs>